Davenport voters will soon head to the polls in elections that will decide who will run the city. You get to meet two more of the four candidates right now on The Cities. We are just over two weeks away from Election Day in Iowa, where the candidate list of local elections will be winnowed down. One such case is the race for Davenport mayor, where four candidates are on the ballot for the Tuesday, October 10th primary. We've already talked with incumbent Mayor Mike Matson and State Representative Ken Crokin, who were the first two to file their nomination papers. Now we're sitting down with two other opponents, Brandon Westmoreland and Yvonne Collins. Collins was the third candidate to file her nomination paper, so today we'll talk with her first and then give equal time to Mr. Westmoreland. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Yvonne Collins. I am 45 years old. I was born and raised in Davenport, Iowa. I love Davenport. It's my city. This is all that I know. Um, I've been a medical assistant for over 25 years. I work at both hospitals at Genesis and at Trinity. I'm a medical assistant for Genesis Health Systems and I'm a certified nursing assistant at Trinity in Rock Island. I, I love people. So tell me, what, what made you say, I'm gonna run for mayor? When did I say it? I thought about it, I prayed about it and said I was running for mayor. It was a, maybe three months ago. Mm -hmm. And why? because I'm a public servant for people. I don't really want to consider myself a politician. I want to consider myself as a public servant for people. People want people not just to listen to them, they want people that are going to hear them. Yeah, being kind of an outsider, you feel like that's an attribute. Yes, and like I'm an everyday person just like them. Well, let's talk about some of the big issues that are going on. And one of them, of course, is the collapse of the Davenport apartment building. Um, what, what do you think that the city should have been doing up until the moment that collapse occurred? Well, with that being said, I think it's very unfortunate that the building did collapse. And I feel that now that the building has collapsed, it's caused us some more homelessness. I just wish that whatever calls were made, whatever coding that was needed, that it would have been done when inspected or told to that it was needed. Do you think there are some changes that need to be done then in the city inspection office? Do you think that there is uh, um, some major changes that you would like to see? I would like to see, I'm a person that would go, so I'm gonna wanna go and see. I'm a person that wants to know. I'm a person that wants to see so if somebody's going to tell me that this needs to be done, I want to go see it. And when somebody says that it is done, I want to be the person that goes back and checks. I want somebody that's really, I want you to be held accountable and responsible for your job. What do you think? I mean, being in the nursing field, what did you think of the role of the first responders, the firefighters, the, the uh, uh, EMTs, the, the police that arrived on the scene? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When this first happened, I was out of state. I had to hear about it over the national news. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really not vibrant, vibrant about when they first showed up, what they first did or anything like that. I'm glad they did show up. I'm glad they did respond. I just wish that the first day, whatever occurred, that somebody would have really went in and they start would have started digging 
to see if there were more like under the rubble. I wish they really would have started digging in there. My heart goes out to those families that lost people in this tragedy and their lives who were changed forever. You pointed out one issue that is critically important in all cities, large and small, and that's affordable housing. Um, first off, are you worried about the amount of affordable housing, especially in the downtown area and the area around downtown? Yes, I'm concerned about affordable housing because affordable housing, which makes people homeless, which some people are homeless because there's another issue that underlines that, which is called mental illness. And I'm a very big person on mental illness, especially since working in the hospital. And I know people personally that deal with depression, anxiety. And since we have had COVID, mental illness has become a very big, big part of our community, whether we want to talk about it or whether we don't. Um, affordable housing, I'm an everyday common person, and I'm just going to be honest with you, Jim. Things are getting rougher and rougher for the everyday common person. What What's the city's role? What should this yeah. city... Because, I mean, it's, it's easy to point out the problem. Right. I, mean, I could do that time and time again. The solution's been very difficult because city uh, planning department, as well as the housing department, have tried to do these programs. Mm -hmm. They've tried to make uh, uh, neighborhoods more vibrant so that more people do move in. What else can the city do? I think we have, for me, I think it's about loving one another. We have to respect one another. And for the housing, yes, there is something that needs to be done. I think every neighbor, every neighborhood in our community should be treated the same. Just because I live on, just because somebody lives on, let's, I'm just trying to think of a neighborhood. Just because somebody lives out on 53rd doesn't mean they're not, the person that lives on West 8th Street is just not as important. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think we do need to put some funding into some of these houses that are, let's talk about, there's some, there's a lot of empty houses and things that are there. Is there something that we can do to get these houses remodeled or get people to want to invest in those houses so it can be affordable for people to live? Well, let's be honest. I'm on the southwest side. People have been complaining particularly about infrastructure. It's the oldest part of the city. Um, There's crumbling infrastructure, streets, sewer systems, improvements are needed. You say that you want to be a mayor for the entire city. That's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. Do you have a certain uh, soft spot, let's say, for the southwest side to perhaps help build that area up? Yeah, I have a soft side for it. I feel that um, things there are things that need to be on the need things that need to be done on the west end of town just like we're putting and I'm just being honest we have so much stuff going out on 53rd and do you know what I mean mm -hmm. how come some of this stuff can't go to the west end so we can start there's people that live over there too we need for social they're so they can go to work over there there's social economic right now they're building the Aldi's over there what else can we get to generate out there so we can have more things for people to do because everybody's not everybody can't get to maybe can't get to the other end of town absolutely so let's talk about the the, the west side because as you mentioned i mean the the aldi's the the fact that there's sometimes what they're called food deserts because you don't have a grocery store right. in your neighborhood it has a huge impact how do you think that you do try to spur more economic growth in an area such as that um, hopefully getting some businesses here, talking it over with my aldermen and letting them in for them to see the need of where things need to be so we can get things social economically out there and that things can be affordable for people. Because like I told you, being an everyday person, things are inflated and we got to try as a whole to try to get things affordable for people, especially for food. People are, people are hungry. People 
yes, they may get food stamps or whatever, but food stamps run out. There's not a, they're, 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 they still need food for the rest of the month. Groceries are high. They're higher than I've ever seen. I remember us paying seven at Thanksgiving, what, last year or whatever, $7.99 for a dozen of eggs. That was just, that was just astronomical. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. I don't, I've never seen eggs at $7.99 a dozen in my entire life. The other key component, of course, to uh, help areas is uh, jobs, of course. Correct. Um, and we've seen uh, Amazon building that huge uh, warehouse yeah. on the uh, far northwest side, uh, Sterilite building in that area, uh, yeah. keeping craft uh, in Davenport by building up there. How important is it to build up the industrial base, the manufacturing base in Davenport? I think that's very important because that creates jobs for people in our community, for them to be able to work and survive, survive economically. And that particular industrial park is getting close to being full. Um, I know. So, so where do you think uh, a future expansion should occur? On the west, maybe our west. Yeah. On the west side? Yeah, on the west side. Let's talk about some of the policing that's going on. There's been a, a great deal of uh, uh, effort to uh, cut gun violence mm -hmm. in the city of Davenport. H how do you see the progress over the last five years? They've brought in the FBI. They've brought in uh, federal agents. They've tried new programs. School districts have been very active, involved in this. What needs to be done to they cut do, uh, they, gun violence? Sorry. They do have a, pro a program called GVI, and it seems to be working some, where you get the city more involved, the community, the parents. And I know that there's people that go and knock on the doors after there is a crime to see how they can help. And I think that is a great start. I think for policing-wise, and I'm just saying this, I think we, we, we do call the police when some things go on, but I think there needs to be a better relationship between police and community, if you understand. Sure, what I and mean. how would you do that? I don't haven't made, I know there's like meet and greets and things like that, but we have to Coffee want- Coffee with a cop, they yeah, said, they've had that program. But we have to want it, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to come out, you have to come out and support, you have to want it in order for this stuff to happen. And so you would be doing what? I would be there. I would, I mean, I would highly recommend that we, I have more of them, maybe once every two to three months instead of, I'm not sure if they have them every six months or what, but just to have a better relationship, to know who your police officers are, to know who, um, who's in your, I mean, do you know what I mean? To know who the people are in the community so you'll know who you, who they are and who, and so they know who you are. You know that the, the mayor's office is not really a strong, uh, the mayor's not a strong form of government in Davenport, much more reliant on the uh, city council and the aldermen have a lot of power do, in Davenport. So what do you I see do. as the role of mayor? I see myself as loving my aldermen, having respect for my aldermen. I, say that I want my community, our community, to get to know our aldermen and talk to our aldermen so they can hear you, so that those issues that you are concerned about, so they can be brought forth, so they can be talked about, so they can move forward in doing those things. What is your biggest short-term goal? What do you want to see done first? I want everybody to 
respect one another and start learning to love one another and to get to know their aldermen so their issues can be brought to the forefront so we can start working on them as soon as possible. I mean, you've been campaigning. You've been running into more people of the public that you'd ever seen before, perhaps. Yeah, correct. What, what, what have you found about uh, the people that you've talked to, the residents of Davenport that you've spoken with? Some people are concerned. There are a lot of people concerned about schools. There are a lot of people concerned about economics or about food. There are people concerned about, um, there are some people who aren't concerned at all. Yeah, kind of detached from government, detached from the city, thinking you can't help them. Yes. How would you change that? By, well, like I told you, encourage them to get to know their alderman. And once we, we want you to know that we are here for you. So once we know, once you realize that we're here for you and we are listening and we're hearing you and we're understanding you and that the issues are being heard and we are talking about them and so we can start handling them and you start seeing, and when you're seeing us handling them, that's a start. Another start is city council meetings. Come to them, listen. There's open times to speak about what the issue you may have. Come and speak so we know what your issue may be. Even if you may not know who your alderman is. Some people don't know that. Find out who your alderman is, but come and speak. Come and listen. Come and support. My thing is get in, this is me, get involved. We often like to complain about things, but are we involved in those things? I've been to some certain events and I see the same people there. I need more of our community and not just certain people always in the same places. Our thanks to Denport mayoral candidate Yvonne Collins. Now, Ms. Collins is on the ballot for Denport mayor, along with Mike Matson, Ken Crokin, and Brandon Westmoreland. And our fourth candidate interview is with Brandon Westmoreland. He joins the other three candidates in the October 10th primary election. Brandon Westmoreland, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know anything about you. Well, I was uh, born in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, my dad was a military man, so uh, he was in Camp Lejeune. Um, once he got done with that, we came back to Davenport, Iowa. Um, I've been raised here ever since. Um, went to Central High School. Um, went and played uh, football for Iowa Central Community College. Um, was blessed to be able to come back here and uh, place I call home. Um, from there, I was actually able to uh, start business. Um, going into sales, I've been doing sales for about five or six years. Currently work for Cunis Nissan as a sales manager. Um, also double down as finance. Um, been with them for about a year and a half. I've done, uh, I, I started as a salesman, um, but within seven months, I was actually able through adaptability and um, just learning and putting my tools to use was uh, promoted to be a sales manager and got into finance too as well. So here we are. Not everyone decides to run for mayor of the city they live in, uh, mayor of Davenport. Why did you decide that you want to be mayor? Well, um, one thing I've always thought about it. I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and, and the perfect time came. I mean, right now, with given the recent events, um, I thought it was a good time to step up and have a voice. I think the city lacks some um, accountability and also um, transparency. And I think that's something that I can bring back to the city of Davenport. And I feel as if uh, some of the crime rates we definitely can try to stop. I know right now we are at 4% uh, of 
other cities are worse than us, so we're at the bottom of the totem pole as far as that goes. And then also um, want to continue infrastructure and get millennials excited about talking about the uh, future of Davenport. Um, same conversations that I've had with generations before us. So, Is that a big deal to you, age? I mean, you bring up millennials? I, I, I definitely do. I think um, right now, given the population, um, majority of millennials, I mean, we're going to be the future. Um, I, I just think that it's not a conversation that, uh, that we have a lot of people my age. Um, I've had plenty of conversations with generations before us who are very knowledgeable. Um, and it's not that I'm not trying to do anything for them, but I want um, people my age to be able to have those conversations and be able to be passionate about the, the city we live in. Definitely, if we're going to end up being the future and carrying the torch. Do you think the passion's there now? I mean, what does it take to, to improve the passion of millennials and get them more actively involved in their city? Um, I, I just think it's uh, it's just knowledge. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, it's something that's pushed through people in my generation. Um, so just gathering people. I mean, I've already um, got a very good response from friends and even people that uh, people that I've just met. Um, that, that said that they have actually got a good grasp of what's going on. They've been more involved, and that's just the beginning of it. I mean, we, we've started this campaign about two months ago, and, and we've already got a good response from everybody. So I, I think that uh, we're headed in the right direction as far as that goes. Let's talk about some of the issues that are impacting uh, Davenport. And, of course, uh, at the top of the list of a lot of people's minds is still the collapse of the Davenport apartment building, uh, which happened uh, during the Memorial Day weekend at the very end of it. How, yes, how do you rate the city of Davenport's response, uh, either with first responders or the second wave as far as uh, the politicians are concerned? You know, um, I, I just feel like the, uh, the response was a, a little too quick. I feel personally that uh, we would have done everything we could to make sure that there was nobody in there. Um, as far as kind of the, the transparency of it, I mean, when, when problems are, are being brought to your attention and you don't have a response, um, I feel like right there, there's kind of just a lack of, uh, lack of transparency. I mean, I understand when uh, you're going through investigations and, and there's certain things you can and can't say, but in my line of business, um, people start asking questions. You don't have the answers. I mean, it's not a good sign. Let me take you to before the collapse occurred, of course. As you know, the, the building was inspected, city inspectors, yes, reports were filed, um, concerns were made. Do you, do you have a problem with the way the city inspections uh, was were conducted, and, and do you think there's changes that are needed in that area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that kind of goes more towards the accountability of things. Um, there's obviously signs that were there. I mean, there's reports out there that said that these things were brought to their attention, and these weren't things that were going unnoticed. So, again, I think there was just a lack of accountability. Do I know why or, or what the uh, the agenda was? I, I'm, I'm not too sure. But uh, I, I know the signs were there, and I, I think they uh, lacked a, a quick response on that. Well, I mean, you, you've heard of the reports. You know of the news reports. You know of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, legal filings that have occurred. Where does the problem lie? Does the problem lie with the city inspections? Does the problem lie? with uh, Mr. Wold and the uh, ownership, or does it rely on what he had said, uh, was that his uh, inspect inspection team and his contractors didn't think the uh, the uh, collapse was imminent? Well, I, I definitely think there's a lot of information that's out there, um, and, it, and it's a lot to grasp to uh, to actually have a, 
a for sure opinion right now. Um, with the information that I have and, and the way I feel, um, again, I, I feel like all the signs were there. They, they definitely could have done something. Again, I don't know what their agenda was or, or what they're trying to push, but I feel like, again, the accountability wasn't there. I feel like Mr. Wald obviously should have had, uh, had some sort of um, response to all the uh, – all the information that that they were given and i don't feel like they they responded in the correct way so well as you know i mean you have more than uh, 50 uh, occupants uh, whose lives were were shattered i mean people uh, mm -hmm. uh had to find new housing immediately and so let's talk about affordable housing are, are you worried i mean does this underline the fact that that davenport must do more to create better and more affordable housing within the city Yes, sir. And I think that uh, I did a little bit of research and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I don't want to use this definite uh, definite um, number, but if I remember correctly, there was about 41% of uh, residents that are actually unoccupied. Um, now with that, I don't think that there's policies in place. I have to do a little bit more research that they they have to maintain these properties. Now, if nobody's in there, are these landlords of uh, people who own these affordable housing, are they going in there? Are they fixing these things? Are they maintaining these things? Are they staying, staying relevant with it? I mean, from what I've heard and I've gathered from the people of Davenport, I mean, it sounds like um, housing has kind of dropped the ball on, on maintenancing and so on and so forth. So. And also this collapse happened in downtown, the heart of the city. It's an area that, uh, as you well know, over the last 20, 25 years, there's been great strides in order to uh, uh, rejuvenate, to uh, revitalize the downtown area. Do you worry that this may keep more people away from downtown? Um, I, I'm not sure I would say downtown, but I would say, you know, Davenport as a whole. Um, I've done research on that, and the population has definitely uh, – decreased from uh 2020 to 2022 so with that i mean what's what's the reason for that and i and i would say obviously a building collapsing could be a huge reason of it it could be crime rates i mean all things that can be fixed so that we can keep the people of davenport comfortable you also know that downtown has been hit by a number of floods uh let's be yes, honest uh, we have seen yes, that sir. time and time again and the city has done a major yes. effort to uh, keep the riverfront to create a park that's a public space but still be able to deal with flood waters do you like the plans that are advancing as far as the entire area around leclerc park yeah so i think any plan in place is definitely going to help um now i understand that there's a couple phases to it from the barriers that are up to uh obviously um doing the underground um dig out so that the water can flow a little bit more easily and it's not coming from the ground um i know they're going to raise the streets so on and so forth but uh i definitely want a permanent solution but any solution right now moving forward is going to be a, a better solution than doing nothing about it so you also brought up crime and especially violent crime and gun crime in Davenport with uh, the addition of uh, federal agents who have come in. U.S. Marshals Service has also been very active in trying to bring down gun violence in Davenport. You brought it up. Are there any particular programs that you think are working that you want to expand or or what do you see as the best uh, way to uh, perhaps limit the amount of gun traffic and gun violence that we're seeing in Davenport? Um, well, currently, I think Sikorsky was doing a great job um, from my understanding that uh, Blado would be taking that over. So hats off to them for uh, the crime rates kind of dropping and definitely the violent crimes. Um, right now, I know that there's a program um, that's focusing on getting guns off the streets. 
Um, from what I've gathered is they're actually spending more money on personnel, bringing in uh, ATF, so on and so forth, um, which is great. You know, obviously, like I said, a step in the right direction is, is always good. But I think that there needs to be some sort of programs that focus more on the youth. Um, a lot of these pro problems are reoccurring problems, and it, it's a lot of the younger generation that are stealing the cars, I mean, doing violent crimes, and, and it's people to me that, that never had a chance. So I'd like to focus a little bit more on our foundation, which is going to be the youth, and, and giving them an opportunity to live a straight and narrow life in the city of Davenport and be productive citizens. Brandon, you also know that uh, Amazon is finally opening up its warehouse and making those hires that were promised a while ago. Yeah. Is there more that needs to be done for uh, large manufacturers and to attract uh, large companies here, or should your focus be more on the small businesses? Um, I, I personally, of course, I love local businesses. Um, I, I would definitely love to uh, focus a little bit more on the people of Davenport who, who have been here, who know the place, who support us, who have been here. Um, but again, I mean, those bigger uh, businesses, I mean, that's going to bring jobs. I mean, it's going to bring uh, bring some money to Davenport. So that's that they're both good things. But uh, I, I personally like to focus a little bit more on, on the people of Davenport and the, and the local businesses. Elected come uh, November, you take office in January. What is, what is your first big goal? What is what is the big thing that tops your agenda? Well, I, I want to pretty much bring back. Uh, bring back the transparency to Davenport. So one thing I would like to do is just announce to everybody that we're here to work for them. Um, there'll be no more of this facade of, of the current, uh, the current people that are in place, just kind of doing what they want on their agenda. And, and I would love to be able to push the fact that um, we're here for the people. I mean, we work for you. So I would like to open up a open platform to have people at Davenport come and be able to explain what they're experiencing and explain to me what their problems are. And then we'll focus on, on what they see and what, and what they want done. So to answer your question, um, I'd like to hear more from the people at Davenport so that we can, we can do that first big plan. Davenport mayoral candidate, Brandon Westmoreland. He joins Yvonne Collins, Mike Matson, and Ken Crokin on the October 10th primary ballot for Davenport mayor. Early voting is already offered at the county auditor's office in Davenport. The deadline to request an absentee ballot is coming up Monday, September 25th. For more information, you can visit the Scott County Auditor's website at scottcountyiowa.gov auditor. On the air, on the radio, on the web, on your mobile device, and streaming on your computer. Thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on the cities.